You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 169. The title of today's show is From Writing to Publishing. And the reason for, for this episode and probably the next episode is I am very happily getting ready to release my fourth novel, my 11th book, and I'm going through the process now of getting it ready for publication. And I talk to people every week about writing. I talked to somebody just a couple of days ago about the, the process of writing and publishing and getting it ready to, to go. And of course, we're talking in the context of independent publishing, which really has just taken off over the last several years. My first four books, I had a traditional publisher. If I went back to my traditional publisher and you know presented some of the stuff I'm doing now, I'm sure I would uh, you know get a listen because they were happy with what I did before. But there is nothing like having the freedom of publishing what you want to publish. Um, in the way that you want to publish it. And you actually make more money, um, have the potential to make more money in the traditional, in, correction, in the uh, independent publishing realm. So so that's the context we're talking about. It. So I want to take you through a little bit of my process and uh, let you know what I mean, what am I talking about when I say getting ready to publish. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my new books, the series, the Zombie Terror Wars series. And there's three books so far. I'm about to release the fourth one. The fifth one will be coming out later in the year. But the first three books that are out, the titles are When the Future Ended, The Darkest Part of the Night, and then, number three, When the Stars Fell from the Sky. And you know, you don't get put off by the, the, the use of the word zombie, uh, zombie terror wars, because I, I really try to, you know, everybody likes to read zombie, zombie stories, or a lot of people do. If you've read or watched the show uh, The Walking Dead or you've, you know, watched other movies that have that genre, I wanted to go a step beyond where they go. Um, in, in, in my story, the whole idea of the zombie virus is something that's been created by man. Um, it's a terror weapon. It's created by uh, terrorists who deploy it in the United States and then the aftermath of what happens. So there's a little bit uh, of the apocalyptic feel, but it's it's a much bigger story than that. And so we're focused on the characters and, and, and how they're resolving the problem. Now somebody's asked me, are these Christian novels? Eh, not really. Um, there is a Christian story, and one of my main characters is is a Christian, and so there are conversations in each book that 
hopefully somebody who's not a believer, it would maybe uh, get them thinking. Uh, there, there's a few little, even little allegorical things that I tried to kind of weave in. But I wasn't trying to write a Christian book. I was just trying to tell a good story. So if you're looking for something great to read over the summer, good summertime reads, check out the first three. The fourth one will be out probably in the next week or so. And uh, you can get them on Amazon. They're available in ebook or in paperback version. So there'll be a link in the show notes at davidspell.com. Well, all right. What does it mean to prepare a manuscript for publication. What we're talking about is the fact that the manuscript is ready to go. Uh, you know, if you've written anything, you know that one draft is not enough. If you write emails uh, for, for work, you know that you go back and you probably revise, especially if it's important. If you're sending an email to a vice president or CEO of a company or some other high-level position um, that you report to, you're going to go back and check that email, and you're going to read it, and you're going to revise it, and you're going to go, you know what, I probably better use this word instead of that word, and you're going to check the tone. There are times you might even ask somebody else to read the email for you. I've done that before. If I had to send an important email, I might even have somebody else say, hey, look, I might have somebody take a look and say, hey, look, I'm getting ready to send this. Tell me what you think. How does it come across? Well, in, in writing bigger, if you're writing a book, if you're writing a story, we do the same thing. We edit and revise. We edit for grammar, for misspellings, for grammatical issues. And, and, and I'll be the first to admit, in, in my first four books uh, that were published with a traditional publisher, they were edited pretty well. They were revised pretty well. But then, several books after that, when I first went the traditional route, I did not edit and revise as well. And so now as I look back, it's almost embarrassing because I see a lot of grammatical stuff. I see some you know, misspelled words. And, and of course, with the beauty of technology, I can easily go in and change that, and, and I have. But grammatical issues really take away from an author's credibility. In fact, if you read reviews on Amazon about people's books, that's one of the things that, that reviewers, and I'm talking about, when I say reviewers, I'm talking about people like you and me, just normal people that read a book and write a review on Amazon. A lot of times they ding authors. They say, you know, it was a good story, but the misspelled words or the, um, the, the improper grammar really took away from the story. And so it's something that we really have to take into account. So that's what editing does. And so... I've got somebody now that works with me and edits and helps me um, find the, the misspelled words or the grammatical issues. And, you know, of course, software does a great job at this. I write in Scrivener. Uh, I also use Word um, when I'm getting ready to upload to uh, the paperback format. And so, you know, these both these software programs help find a lot of these things, but they don't get them all. There are some misspellings, there are some grammatical issues that just slip through the cracks. And so it's so good to have somebody else go through and help you edit it. Edit it for misspellings, for punctuation, and for grammatical issues. Now, let me clarify something here, though. There is a time and place to use improper grammar. Um, one, of, one of my characters um, in one of my novels uh, doesn't use correct grammar. 
And so, you know, my editor said, well, look, you know, this is not, you know, correct grammar to, to say it this way. I said, right, but this is dialogue. And this is how this person talks. The difference is when the narrator, when, when you know, and every story has a narrator, when, when the narrator um, is, is providing content or providing information or narrating the story in between dialogue, then it's important that the grammar be correct, um, that the tenses be correct, etc. So, so that's the difference. When we, you know, grammatical stuff is very, very important for the narrator, but your character may very well not speak correctly, and that's fine. What about revisions? Revisions are interesting because what I've found is with the first draft of anything, it's just not that great. And so revisions come when, when I go back through the manuscript and, and rework it. I may rework certain scenes. I may rework certain dialogues. Uh, there may be things that I delete. There may be things that I add. Revisions are when you go back through and you fill in holes. Um, just like we said with that, that email that you wrote. You might write that email and go, you know what? I'm just not giving enough details here. I need to give him some stats. I need to give him some more information for, for this email from my boss. Well, it's the same in, in writing a story. There are times when I've gone back through after reading the first, maybe even the second time through, and realized, you know what? I just didn't provide enough detail here. In fact, one of my, my, uh, my editors said, you know, look, you just need to give a little bit more detail. Now, we can go crazy with that, and, and, and we have to always balance the, the idea of, um, you know, providing details that are important versus just providing, you know, stuff that really doesn't move the story forward. But, so we want to strike that balance between keeping the story moving forward, but also providing details that are interesting and important. So when we go back through revising, we're working to make sure that we've filled in holes, because if you're writing a story... It's easy to let holes uh, not get filled in. And we want to make sure those holes, um, holes in the story, especially if you're writing a, a suspense story or a, a mystery, you know, sharp readers, astute readers are going to see those holes. And if it doesn't get resolved at some point, you've lost them as a reader. So we want to make sure the holes get filled in. We want to make sure everything adds up. Does the, the timing, if you give a timeline, does the chronology add up? The locations, if you say that, you know, these people went from point A to point B in 30 minutes, but in reality, it's going to take two or three hours, okay, that's a hole. We want, we want to make things add up because, again, astute readers see things like that and they're thinking, ah, what else, what else did they get wrong? Um, simple things, other you know things that, that need to be dealt with during the revision stage. Uh, choreography. I've got some fight scenes in my book, and you know I'm a, I'm a martial artist. I'm a lifetime martial artist, and so I enjoy writing these. But one of the ones in, in the book that I'm about to release, I actually had to go back in and do some revisions because the more I thought about it, I thought you know what, it's really not is feasible, and it's probably not actually going to happen that way. So so I reworked it. Um, one of my editors pointed something out. They said uh, I had a, a couple, a man and a woman, walking somewhere, 
and I mentioned the the purse over her shoulder, and and they said, you know what? In, in, in the way I had it described, they said, you know what? A woman doesn't carry her purse that way. And I thought, okay, well, good. Good to know. And this also leads us into, when we're doing our revisions, uh, the point of view of different characters. For example, if you're a woman writing a point of view character for a man, you know, it might not be a bad idea to have a man read that and actually, you know, give you some feedback. Um, you know, I've got some characters in, in my stories that are women. And so having a woman read it and say, yeah, you got that right, or no, no woman's going to say that. No woman's going to think that way. No woman's going to do that. Um, it's good to get the, 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 the point of view of that particular sex. It might also be the same with race. If you're writing about an Asian character, or Hispanic character, and you're not sure, it might be good to speak to somebody and say, hey, look, does this work? Because we want to get it right. If you're telling a story, one of the things about fiction is there has to be an honesty to it. Now, obviously, there's you know a little bit of play here because you know the zombie terror war series. There are no zombies, but one of the things one of my reviewers on Amazon said is he gets it right. It's believable. Well, to me, that's one of the greatest compliments you can give an author. If it's believable, even for something as far fetched as zombies or whatever else you might be writing about, if it's believable, then you've struck that chord of honesty. So that's what we want to do. So the next thing we want to talk about is when we're doing revisions is this idea of dialogue. You know, that's probably one of the things that I revise the most is dialogue because is it natural? You know, when I read a story, one of the things that, that I want to feel when I'm reading dialogue between two characters is that it re, it's real, that it works. Again, the honesty that we're talking about. Um, I read a story recently, or I started to read a book, and, and the dialogue was just terrible. And, and I tried to be, you know, forgiving, and I kept going thinking maybe, well, that was just the way these characters were. But all the characters, the dialogue just didn't work for me. And so I was actually disappointed from what I'd read. It looked like it was going to be a good story, but I just couldn't stay with it because the dialogue just didn't work. So that's something that I go back through constantly, trying to revise and even asking people that, you know, beta readers or, or, or my editors, hey, what do you think? How does, this, how does this dialogue, is this natural? Is this a good conversation? And the other thing with dialogue that we have to be careful with, and you've seen this in stories, you've seen it in TV shows, you've seen it in movies, is the, the information dump, where the dialogue is used as a place to dump information, where one character says, well, as you know, Jim, and then goes into you know a three or four par paragraph lecture. And there's a time and place for that. Dialogue can definitely be a place where information is conveyed. I do it all the time. You've just got to be careful not to let it be the place where you dump piles and piles of information. That's also what, what the editor, or, or excuse me, what your narrator's for. That's part of what they should be doing. Another thing that we're looking for in, in, in revisions and edits is, you know, did I use the same word to, too many times in a short space? I get accused of this. My, my editor says, hey, what are you doing? You keep using the same words over and over again. And it, when you go back and read it, it is. It's distracting. And so, it's something we always are aware of, but on your first draft, it's easy to overlook that. And on your first draft, you don't really care. The main thing is getting it on the screen. But 
But after that, you want to go back through and use some different words because it cleans it up and it makes it a more enjoyable experience. But after, after your, your edits, after your revisions, after you've put the manuscript together, and for me, this is usually, you know, I may read some sections six, seven, eight, ten times. I'm probably going to read the whole thing through a minimum of four, five, six times. But at some point, you have to say, it's time. It may never be perfect, and you may always be looking for things you could change. But if you're a perfectionist, you're never going to hit that publish button. If you're a perfectionist, you're never going to click that last button and say, okay, let's go live with this manuscript. At some point, you have to say, okay, it's finished. It's good enough. It's a good story. I've cleaned it up. The, the, the editing is good, the grammar's good, I've gotten rid of the misspellings, and it's a good story, it adds up, it makes sense, and people are going to enjoy it. And then, that's when you get to the point where you move forward and go into the, the publishing process. And so what we'll do next week is I'll actually talk about, um, and, and because I'm using the Amazon platform, that's what I'll talk about, is actually work, work, work through, give you a few thoughts on setting it up for self-publishing and, and how to do that through Amazon. Today we've talked about from writing to publishing, how to get the manuscript ready, and then next week we'll talk about taking that manuscript and actually publishing it, letting, going, letting it go live so that it can generate some income for you. Well, I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on writing? What are your th- thoughts on going from writing to publishing, on, on, on getting that manuscript done, on doing revisions and editing. How do you do it? What's your process? I'd love to hear it. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a comment or a question in the section for today's post. Let's stay in touch. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. Well, friends, this is David Spell thanking you again for being with me and encouraging you to keep writing.